Welcome to LifeWords Day by Day, where we have been looking at 1 Samuel chapter 5, and we've been looking at it from high above, just kind of giving a general understanding of what's going on. But today, let's get into the meat of the text. Chapter 5 opens up by saying, when the Philistines captured the Ark of God, they brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. So our passage begins with the Philistines on a military high and the Israelites on a military low. The Philistines have captured the Ark of God. This is the fourth time this phrase has been used in just a short span of verses, which is pretty significant. In those days, writers didn't have highlighters. They didn't underline important phrases. They didn't write it in all capital letters for emphasis. They used repetition to stress what was important. And here, we see the ark being captured is significant. It signaled to everyone else the defeat of God's people and the victory of the Philistines. To everyone involved, not only was the ark captured, but God himself had been taken hostage and was now manhandled and led into the house of Dagon by the Philistines where God would take a subservient place before the great Dagon, the god of fish and perhaps also fertility. You see it in the verbs of verses 1 and 2. It says that the ark was brought, took, brought, set up. Like God himself is chained with a dog collar, being pushed and pulled and dragged around. But let's not forget how Israel got into this place. Israel ran into a battle, presuming on the power and presence of God, thinking that if they just had the appearance and symbols of religion, if they just gave a head nod to God, then God would battle for them and bless them. And we in our day have allowed the cultural tide to swing because we have presumed upon the power and presence of God as well, thinking that token appearances secures for us the power and presence of God. But God has something to say about all of this. After the Philistines set the Ark of the Covenant next to Dagon, everyone goes home, enjoys a nice Philistine supper, and rests easy in their beds. But something else was taking place in the house of Dagon that was discovered the next morning. The great Dagon was found face downward, a posture of worship and humility, in front of the Ark of the Covenant. So the people who discovered the bowing Dagon had to lift him back into place. And that's meant to be a funny scene. Dagon is safe and sound now, set back up by the people. But when the people return the next morning, the statue has not only fallen over, but now the statue is shattered into pieces. He has been duly executed. No hands, no head. And the true victor has been made known and the true servant is exposed. Pieces of Dagon lie scattered all over the floor. And the priests who walk in and discover the scene notice the shattered pieces on the ground and they have to do a little dance so that they don't step on any of the pieces and they actually make a ritual out of that dance. So get what happens. It appears that the God of the Israelites is in exile, that he's been captured and enslaved by Dagon to be his servant, as the Israelites would surely become the servants of the Philistines. But Dagon has not only been pushed over to where he couldn't lift his face out of the dust, Dagon has been mutilated in a grisly but triumphant fashion by God. So what are we to learn from all this? The heavy hand of the Lord shatters enemies all by himself without the help of any Israeli army. God doesn't need them to save him, but they need him to save them. Do you know today? God does not need us to help him, but he invites us 
to be a part of his mission, where he is still toppling idols and changing lives all across the globe. And that's what LifeWord is all about, changing lives to God's glory all across the globe. When you pray today, please remember Boris Lebedev and his family, our missionaries in Georgia. And also remember the Makande LifeWord broadcast that's heard in Tanzania.